Hello, everyone. Sometime in the world. Happy first of November. Whoa, good thing I didn't sing a Halloween song because Halloween's yeah. over. Halloween's over. That was no yesterday. Happy Halloween to you. Flash two days from now. <laughs> yeah. But also, hope everyone had a good what Halloween. What y'all do? What kind of candy did you get? Did you dress up? Tell me, tell me. Have we? Did we just talk about it on our bonus pod? Have we not talked about it here? Uh, what we dressed up as? I, we did talk, yeah. But you didn't mention in our bonus pod what you dressed up for this party. Oh, I hinted at it. I teased about it. Yeah, you teased it. You didn't reveal it because you wanted mm-hmm. to surprise me. Some people dress up slutty. Some people dress up as a meme. This year I went meme, and I yes. was this is fine, dog. Complete with flames and it, it was a uh, mug. It was fun, but also you looked so cute as the this <laughs> Thank is fine you. I'm dog. I'm a cute little dog. <laughs> you're just like, you're a cute little dog on fire <laughs> sitting at a table. Honestly, that coffee mug really served you at it the did. party. It it calmed many a glass of sangria. That was good sangria, though. It was. Uh, Yes, we had a lovely Arctic-themed party at our friend uh, Molly and Nate's house. And remind people uh, what you dressed up as, just in case. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think I even said who I was dressing up as, because I was going to surprise you, too. Uh, I was I was murdered J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> uh, but it was more the concept of the death of the author, because mm-hmm. in the book, I had uh, Sam and Frodo are gay, if you believe them to be. For those of you not familiar with the concept of death of the author... Uh, Death of the Author is basically saying when literature eventually reaches a point where the intentions of the author no longer matter compared to what the interpretation of the reader is. Henceforth, Sam and Frodo are gay. Henceforth, if you interpret Sam and Frodo to be gay, that is a valid reading. It was a good costume. You're a great bloody Tolkien. Thank you. You're a great bloody token. You're a great bloody token. That suit you had on, I can't believe you found it for three bucks. It looks so good on you. Yeah, that suit jacket, $3. So good. And the the tag said $9, but there was a sale going on. Wow, even better. So when I I went to the cashier and they're like, would you like to donate some money to charity? I'm like, you know what? I I will. will. With the bargain I'm getting today, you bet I'm going to donate to charity. Changing the world $1 at a time. Oh, goodness. But yes, we had a lovely Halloween party. Oh, you know what? I do have a selfie of us, so I could post that. Oh, yeah. Post that on our our Twitter and Insta. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Our Twinsta. (laughs) But yes, it was a miraculous night. I hope everyone had a lovely night. Halloween is such a fun time. Going to parties. As our friend Kat says. Yeah, it's gay Christmas in that you get you get to dress up, have candy, and for some lucky people, make out. It's a wonderful time. So, I mean, we got nothing really to catch up on. Yeah, we I literally just saw, saw each other ago. last night. Mm-hmm. So, enough of our personal lives. Let's jump <laughs> right into this today's chapter for Lord of the Rings. In three, two, one. Hello! 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Silly Marillion. I am your local white... I'm I'm the whitest wizard you know. Uh, I am moving amongst the trees, coming to sneak up on my ranger friend, Tori, and, and, and give her such delights and surprises and a bunch of dialogue as to where the fuck I've been. This is the episode, The White Rider, or as I like to call it, Gandalf, where have you been, Loka? No. <laughs> Let me write that down got, for the description. That's the title. Yeah, God. That, the, yeah. Tori, welcome to the show. <laughs> Glad you could be Hi, here. Paul. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to your monologue. I love of when a, a white man just monologues to me. <laughs> I love it when a white man just talks at me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm very good at it, I must say. That's why, like, I have to have a podcast. You know, if any white man's gonna, I'm glad it's you, Paul. I'm glad it's you. If any white man has to have a podcast, I'm glad it's you. <laughs> so. The White Rider. The White Rider. The white chapter Rider. five of book three in The Two Towers. It starts off with Kimley complaining that he's cold. And I get it. They're sleeping out of doors. It's like February, I think. No, it's still January, I believe. That was what me last night when the weather in LA went down like below 60. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, I'm so glad I'm wearing this tweed jacket. I'm so <laughs> thankful. But uh, yeah, we we have... It's, it's a mixture of it, because Gimli says my very bones are chilled, but that's in regard to both the fact that it's cold in the morning, and also the previous night they had been jump-scared by the old man at their camp. You know, I had completely forgotten about that because my mind was just filled with hobbits and ents. Yeah, they 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 literally have the two chapters of Merry and Pippin, and they put so much into those chapters. They really did. That when we finally come back to Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, Who we need them to, to remind us. Yeah. Yes, please remind me. So they were scared by a old man with a beard... And scared off their horses, right? Yeah, the horses were scared off too. And when when they an Aragorn made to like approach him, the old man vanished. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy said, "Cliffhanger. Let's see what the hobbits are up to." Yeah, let's see. Back let's see what ranch. happened with the hobbits. I love this little uh, discussion with Legolas and Gimli because we really see how close Legolas and Gimli are in this I chapter. Love their friendship slash bromance slash romance. Uh, Gimli says, do not forget that old man. I should be happier if I could see the print of a boot. Why would that make you happy, said Legolas? Because an old man with feet that leave marks might be no more than he seemed, answered the dwarf. That, that's a good reason. I'm like, do I want it to be a ghost? Or do I want it to just be a crazy old man who's just really fast, apparently? And you know, I don't know, that sounds scary, two, too. Those two choices? You might be able to take down an old man. A ghost? Nah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, Gimli is pretty sure that it was Saruman who was spying on them, and is even now watching them from the depths of Fangorn Forest. But Aragorn goes, I don't know if that's true, because, Legolas, did you hear the way the horses yelled? <laughs> and Legolas goes, yeah, but I didn't think I they were afraid. It sounded almost like they were glad. They spoke as horses will when they meet a friend that they have long missed. They're truly just such horse girls in this moment. 
literally Gimli's there watching them with like just like the most done face imaginable <laughs> where they're like what do you think about those horses I think they're really excited but was it a friend. happy neigh or was it a scared neigh was it a happy neigh what kind of neigh did you think it was so they find the signs of the orc camp where the Rohirrim killed all the orcs and burnt their bodies in a big pile and they also find out find where the Rohirrim buried their own uh, dead and they but did they that also... by crawling and groping through the ground. Yeah. What a time to be a ranger. Well, they don't need to grope and grope around to find the burning pile of orc bodies, because that's a bit more True. conspicuous. Um, but they do, f- by, like, Aragorn, like, groping through the ground and, like, just searching through the grass, he finds a Malorn leaf of Lorien. which were crumbs. Were... Yeah, those were what the uh, Lembus cakes were wrapped in. Oh, and he also finds the cut ropes that the hobbits had on. He's truly going Sherlock they... Holmes over here. Yeah, he really, he really has like this whole monologue. He goes, but how and why? For if his legs were tied, how did he walk? And if his arms were tied, how did he use the knife? And if neither were tied, why did he cut the cords at all? Being pleased with his skill, he then sat down and quietly ate some whey bread. That at least is enough to show he was a hobbit without the Malorn leaf. <laughs> They're truly painting a whole situation over here. <laughs> I need I need Aragorn in like the whole Sherlock Holmes get up with like the fox hunter's hat and the pipe. Mm-hmm. And he also like, needs to have a magnifying ah, glass as he yeah walks. Very Pink Panther. I'm imagining Pink Panther. Yeah. Aragorn. Meanwhile, Legolas and Gimli are both identically dressed as Doctor Watson. Yeah. They're just like. Hmm. That's all we have time for. Mm-hmm. Copyright. They, he basically deduces almost exactly what happened. That an orc dragged them off. They managed to stall, cut the bonds, and essentially escape into Fangorn Forest. And that's where they have to go. They've come this far. The troubles of Fangorn aren't going to matter to Aragorn because he's on a mission. He's like, I'm here to save these hobbits. I can't save Frodo and Sam, but I can still save Merry and Pippin. Then let us go to the forest. That's just me. Let's go. Let's go to the forest. I want to. I want to see some trees. <laughs> and then they do it again. They go into the forest, uh, search and grope the ground some <laughs> yeah. more, and came upon find, some footprints. And they find more signs, and they start to get what the feeling of the forest is. Yeah, uh, I loved hearing Legolas talk about the forest. Would you like to read out what as Legolas a, has to say? As a tree hugger himself. Yes. He said he does not think the wood feels evil, whatever tales may say. No, it is not evil, or what evil is in it is far away. I catch only the faintest echoes of dark places where the hearts of the trees are black. There is no malice near us, but there is watchfulness and anger. And then I love how he says, (laughs) Do you not feel the tenseness? It takes my breath. And Gimli's like, it just feels stuffy. It feels stuffy mm-hmm. in here. Yeah, and he goes, it's musty and shabby. I love oh, this next part. Oh, and what says, yes. Yes. It is old, very old, said the elf. So old that almost I feel young again, as I have not felt since I journeyed with you children. It is old <laughs> and full of memory. I could have been happy here if I had come in days of peace. He just straight up called them children. <laughs> well, he's like 2,000-something years old. 
Aragorn's 88. Gimli, oh, I think, Gimli. is 100-something. Okay, yep, that's children. Yeah, <laughs> and I do love Gimli saying, You are a wood elf anyway, though elves of any kind are strange folk. Yet you comfort me. Where you go, I will go. But keep your bow ready to hand, and I will keep my axe loose in my belt. Not for use on trees, he added hastily, looking up at the tree under which they stood. I do not wish to meet that old man unawares without an argument ready to hand. That is all. Is there anything more romantic saying, where you go, I will go? There's just something so, like, even if it's not romantic love, like, telling someone that you put yeah. such trust in them that you're willing to follow them. Such a good line. Tori, where you go, I'll go. No, it's going to make let's... me tra- cry right here, Paul. Trust me, a bunch of your friends would say that at I the know, drop of a hat. I know. I'm writing it down on a post-it, and I'm going to put it next to my work laptop. Where you go, I will go. Where you go, Poetry. I'll go. And they did. They plunge into the forest of Fangorn. They follow Marion Pippin's trail almost exactly to where they met Treebeard. Mm-hmm. And they, they go up, and Aragorn, he's going around, and he says, I am almost sure that the hobbits have been here. But there are other marks, very strange marks, which I do not understand. And, of course, that's probably because it's the first Ent footprints he's ever seen before. Yeah, because they're kind of just, like, legend and myth. And then they are confronted by someone. It is almost kind of eerie and kind of spooky the way they have it, because they don't describe yet what they see they just have the dialogue of what's happening like i'll saying look can we say look at what there in the trees where i have not elf eyes, have not elf Hush, eyes. speak more softly down in the wood back in the way that we've just come it is he cannot you see him passing from tree to tree did i not warn you there's the old man all in dirty gray rags this is why i could not see him at first it's quite a spooky imagery old man on a mission mm-hmm and then Gimli says, prepare, prepare the bow, get ready. Don't let yeah. Saruman cast a spell on us. But he hesitates. And Aragorn is kind of like, yeah, we can't just shoot an old man, unaware, uncontested. It's very rude. <laughs> it's quite rude. So they wait. At last, the old man broke the silence. Well met indeed, my friends. He said in a soft voice. I wish to speak to you. Will you come down, or shall I come up? Without waiting for an answer, he began to climb. No! Cried Gimli. Stop him, Legolas! Did I not say I wish to speak to you? Said the old man. Put that bow away, Master Elf. The bow and arrow fell from Legolas's hand, and his arms hung loose at his sides. And you, Master Dwarf, pray take your hand from your axe haft till I am up. We will not need such arguments. Gimli started and then stood still as stone, staring, while the old man sprang up the rough steps as nimbly as a goat. All weariness seemed to have left him. As he stepped up on the shelf there was a gleam, too brief for certainty, a quick glint of white, as if some garment shrouded by the grey rags had been for an instant revealed. The intake of Gimli's breath could be heard as a loud hiss in the silence. Well, may I say again, said the old man, coming towards them. When he was a few feet away, he stood, stooping over his staff, with his head thrust forward, peering at them from under his hood. And what may you be doing in these parts? An elf, a man, and a dwarf, all clad in elvish fashion? No doubt there is a tale worth hearing behind it all. 
Such things are not often seen here. You speak as one that knows Fangorn well, said Aragorn. Is that so? Not well, said the old man. That would be the study of many lives. But I come here now and again. Might we know your name, and then hear what it is you have to say to us, said Aragorn. The morning passes, and we have an errand that will not wait. As for what I wish to say, I have said it. What may you be doing, and what tale can you tell of yourselves? As for my name... He broke off, laughing long and softly. Aragorn felt a shudder run through him at the sound, a strange cold thrill. And yet it was not fear or terror that he felt. Rather, it was like the sudden bite of a keen air or the slap of a cold rain that wakes an uneasy sleeper. My name, said the old man again. Have you not guessed it already? You have heard it before, I think. Yes, you have heard it before, but come now, what of your tale? The three companions stood silent and made no answer. There are some who would begin to doubt whether your errand is fit to tell, said the old man. Happily, I know something of it. You are tracking the footsteps of two young hobbits, I believe. Yes, hobbits, don't stare. If you have never heard the strange name before, you have, so have I. They climbed up here the day before yesterday, and they met someone they did not expect. Does that comfort you? And now you would like to know where they were taken. Well, well, maybe I can give you some news about that. But why are we standing? Your errand, you see, is no longer as urgent as you thought. Let us sit down and be more at ease. The old man turned away and went towards a heap of fallen stones and rock at the foot of the cliff behind. Immediately, as if a spell had been removed, the others relaxed and stirred. Gimli's hand went at once to his axe haft. Aragorn drew his sword. Legolas picked up his bow. The old man took no notice, but stooped and sat himself on a low, flat stone. Then his grey cloak drew apart, and they saw, beyond doubt, that he was close beneath, all in white. Saruman! cried Gimli, springing towards him with axe in hand. Speak! Tell us where you've hidden our friends! What have you done with them? Speak, or I'll make a dint in your hat that even a wizard will find hard to deal with. The old man was too quick for him. He sprang to his feet and leaped to the top of a large rock. There he stood, grown suddenly tall, towering above them. His hood and his grey rags were flung away, his white garments shone. He lifted up his staff, and Gimli's axe leaped from his grasp and fell ringing on the ground. The sword of Aragorn, stiff in his motionless hand, blazed with a sudden fire. Legolas gave a great shout and shot an arrow high into the air. It vanished in a flash of flame. Mithrandir! he cried. Mithrandir! Well met, I say to you again, Legolas, said the old man. They all gazed at him. His hair was white as snow in the sunshine, and gleaming white was his robe. The eyes under his deep brows were bright, piercing as the rays of the sun. Power was in his hand. Between wonder, joy, and fear, they stood and found no words to say. At last, Aragorn stirred. Gandalf, he said. Beyond all hope, you return to us in our need. What veil was over my sight? Gandalf. Gimli said nothing, but sank to his knees, shading his eyes. Gandalf, the old man repeated, as if recalling from old memory a long disused word. Yes, that was the name. I was Gandalf. 
He stepped down from the rock and, picking up his gray cloak, wrapped it about him. It seemed as if the sun had been shining, but now was hid in cloud again. Yes, you may still call me Gandalf, he said, and the voice was the voice of their old friend and guide. Get up, my good Gimli. No blame to you and no harm done to me. Indeed, my friends, none of you have any weapon that could hurt me. Be merry, we meet again at the turn of the tide. The great storm is coming, but the tide has turned. He laid his hand on Gimli's head and the dwarf looked up and laughed suddenly. Gandalf, he said. But you are all in white. Yes, I am white now, said Gandalf. Indeed, I am Saruman, one might say. Saruman, as you should have been. But come now, tell me of yourselves. I have passed through fire and deep water since we parted. I have forgotten much that I thought I knew, and learned again much that I had forgotten. I can see many things far off, but many things that are close at hand I cannot see. Tell me of yourselves. So an elf, a man, and a dwarf walk into a bar. So an elf, a man, and a dwarf enter an ancient forest. And, and they find... run into their dead An old friend. pal. Yeah. It's Gandalf, guys. Who went through a glow-up. He caught a blowout. I can't believe they whitewashed Gandalf. <laughs> yes, I'm Andrew white now. <laughs> that was truly a jump scare. I was not expecting him to be in this chapter in this book yet. Even when it's called and the White Rider? I had no idea who to expect. True. How and long has it been since you watched like, the movie? It's been a year now, at least, hasn't it? Ooh, I think longer than a year. Because I've God, watched watch Fellowship it again, a couple then. times, but not... Come on, AMTP. <laughs> Give SAG after what they need so we can finally watch Fellowship of the Ring again. There he is. Re- readjust they gotta my catch ass. up. Yeah, they Back they the it's, it's basically what what's what's been going on? What's up? Hey, how are you since you fell down a chasm with the Balrog? Mm-hmm. My first th- favorite thing is that they finally call back to that eagle that Legolas has constantly been sighting. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, Gandalf has been riding on that eagle because it's one of the great eagles. It's Gwaihir the Wind Lord. <laughs> For some reason, I just imagine him as a Tesla. Mm. <laughs> what? Gandalf <laughs> driving around LA in a Tesla named oh, Gwaihir. <laughs> That's I don't like that. Again, another thing you have brought before me that I'm like I do not care for. Mike, this. my condolences. <laughs> what? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Uh, but he does uh, they do tell him oh Frodo went on his own uh, but he isn't alone uh, uh, Sam with him and I love it where it says did he indeed said Gandalf and there was a gleam in his eye and a smile on his face did he indeed that is news to me yet it does not surprise me good very good you lighten my heart he, he felt gotta, better knowing like, Sam was with him Sam's with him Maybe he'll survive. <laughs> but they fill him in on what's happened. He Story mourns. Time. He mourns the death of Boromir. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does say, "It is good that the hobbits came here because they are ready to cause some havoc. They were brought to Fangorn, and their coming was like the falling of small stones that starts an avalanche in the mountains." 
even as we talk here, I hear the first rumblings. And one thing you have not changed here, friend, said Aragorn, you still speak in riddles. I would be so annoyed. No, for I was talking aloud to myself, a habit of the old. They choose the wisest person present to speak to. The long explanations needed by the young are wearying. <laughs> he just talks to himself in riddles as well. Mm-hmm. Isn't that not exhausting? And then comes his monologue. Yeah, he gives this whole breadth of things. It's his uh, SNL where he, monologue. He basically tells us what he believes Sauron, Sauron is thinking. He knows now the number of our company that set out from Rivendell and the kind of each of us, but he does not yet perceive our purpose clearly. He supposes that we were all going to Minas Tirith, for that is what he himself would have done in our place. And according to his wisdom, it would have been a heavy stroke against his power. Indeed, he is in great fear, not knowing what mighty one may suddenly appear, wielding the ring and assailing him with war, seeking to cast him down and take his place. That we should wish to cast him down and have no one in his place is not a thought that occurs to his mind. That we should try to destroy the ring itself has not yet entered into the dark into his darkest dream, in which no doubt you will see our good fortune and our hope. For imagining war he has let loose war, believing that he has no time to waste. For he that strikes the first blow, if he strikes it hard enough, may need to strike no more. Wise fool. For if he had used all his power to guard Mordor so that none could enter, and bent all his guile to the hunting of the ring, then indeed hope would have faded. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of words. I got lost in the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> also, he's he's like, I'm glad also that Saruman is a traitor now, because if his orcs hadn't stolen Marion Pippin, the Mordor orcs would have stolen Marion mm-hmm. Pippin and taken them to Mordor, where they would have spilled the beans spilled the beans of the ring and the fact that Sauron also has the possibility of fearing that Saruman is going to get the ring so is Saruman working on his own accord or is he okay so this is the interesting thing what is this evil man politics going on Saruman isn't working for Sauron Saruman is is he wants to defeat Sauron by using the ring. Saruman, mm. in his heart of hearts, I believe, still thinks he's working for the betterment of Middle-earth. Mm. Uh, just how Sauron, at his heart of hearts, thinks he's thinking he's doing what's best for Middle-earth. Uh, like They're both Maiar of Aule, the craftsman god, the god of order, the god of creating, of like building and whatnot. And they both have a mind in that they need full control to really affect change. So Mm. Sauron, after the fall of Morgoth, for a time actually does repent of his ways, but then returns to them because in his mind, he is like, I am what's best for Middle-earth. I will tame everyone. They won't have need of their silly individualism and all that it's because really that, given cult that yeah he's like that creates havoc i'm the one who's in charge uh while saruman it has fallen for the trap of wanting to use the ring to destroy sauron not really taking into account that he himself will have been corrupted by that ring mm. and the desire for the ring um and does sauron know saruman has betrayed him at this yes. point okay yeah, yeah, to a, to a point. 
Yeah. I don't think I mean, he ever really believed Saruman was going to be on his side. Just maybe could be helpful he just, in his He could have been a useful ploys. idiot. Yeah, a useful a idiot. A useful basically. idiot. Yeah. A useful himbo, if you will. Mm-hmm. Gandalf also messed it. Gandalf is basically saying Saruman is, has caused so much chaos that Sauron doesn't know what the fuck is going on. He knows that we left Rivendell with the ring, but he's thinking about what would he do if he had the ring. So he mm-hmm. thinks the ring is headed for Minas Tirith, not for Mordor. So he's he's wanting to hit Mordor, uh, Gondor with all he has to get the ring, which he thinks is in Gondor. Um, and that way, Sam and Frodo can sneak past everything because he's not guarding Mordor very well. That's a good little fake in the football play. How's mm-hmm. that for a sports analogy? Uh, they the mention they mention how that winged creature that Legolas shot when they were going down the river was a mm-hmm. Nazgul, mm-hmm. Uh, the winged messenger. And they also talk about how Saruman is poised to destroy Rohan, but he's forgotten Treebeard. And he clears up who Treebeard is. He mentions who the Ents are. Uh, they have discussion about whether Ents are even real, because Aragorn's like, <laughs> Ents are legends, and Legolas is like, no, they're not. They're real, my dude. I love, where's the line? Uh, nay, every elf in Wilderland? Yep, Wilderland? Wilderland. Has sung songs of the old Onadrim and their long sorrow, yet even among us they are only a memory. If I were to meet one still walking in the world, then indeed I should feel young again. And, I mean, yeah, Treebeard is like, uh, who, someone says it in here, the oldest thing, Gandalf says it, the oldest living thing that still walks beneath the sun upon this Middle Earth. Yeah. That's old as fuck. And I love how uh, when Treebeard meets the hobbits, they're like, what's an Ent? And he's like, oh, I thought, I thought everyone knew who the Ents were. The elves used to sing songs about us. And Legolas yeah. is like, oh my god, dude, I used to sing songs about them. <laughs> A little bit of a fangirl moment. <laughs> He's like, oh my god, a walking tree? I love it. <laughs> it's like if we ever met Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> Treebeard is just Frosty the Snowman. You really You're are welcome. tired. Your comparisons are <laughs> going fucking wild. It makes sense though, right? We sang songs about Frosty the Snowman. He just seems we like a legend. Songs about- Have we... Have we ever we met him? Talk... No, but we know of him. Okay, but I... <laughs> you're just angry because it makes sense. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm angry because you're stupid. I, how, how, how excited would you be if you met Frosty the Snowman, though? I would be pretty excited because that means there's magic in the world. Okay. He has a magic hat that makes him an, an animate object. I think you just look weird. I mean, then you make a cooler snowman and transfer the hat to there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The mechanics of animated snowmen. You're making me so tired at 940 at night. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing this in the notes. It's going in the description. Frosty the snowman equals tree beard. There hasn't been a great episode. Like whatever episode this is. And the episode. <laughs> The episode where Tori gives Paul a brain aneurysm. Uh, so they basically say, hey, are we going to go find Treebeard then? And Gandalf's like, nope, 
we have to go see to Rohan because even though Mary and Pippin are starting something, Rohan is going to need our help. Which is kind of sad. They're going to have to just kind of leave the hobbits to fend for themselves. But I, Legolas is kind of disappointed when he goes, then are we not to see the merry young hobbits again? I, I did not say so, said Gandalf. Who knows? Have patience. Go where you must go and hope. To Edoras, I go thither also. And they all agree that, like, they're like, oh, okay, we'll go with you. But first things first, Gandalf, we watched you fall down, like, a mile deep pit. How this are you alive? This has been a lot of conversation, and you still haven't explained if you are a zombie or not. And Gandalf's like, tell us how you fared with the Balrog. And Gandalf says, name him not. And he goes, long time speak I fell. Of the devil. Long I fell, and he fell with me. His fire was about me. I was burned. Then we plunged into deep water, and all was dark. Cold it was as the tide of death almost froze my heart. And they basically talk about how, like, there's just, like, the battle, I believe it's like the battle takes place over, like, several days that Gandalf is fighting the Balrog. And they go from, like, the deepest pit to the highest peak, where finally on top of the mountain Zirak Zigil, one of the three mountains of Moria, uh, they fight. Thunder they heard, and lightning they said smote upon Caleb Dill and leaped back broken into tongues of fire. Is not that enough? A great smoke rose about us, vapor and steam. Ice fell like rain. I threw down my enemy, and he fell from the high place and broke the mountainside where he smote it in his ruin. Then darkness took me, and I strayed out of thought and time, and I wandered far on roads that I will not tell. Naked I was sent back, for a brief time, until my task is done. He talks about how he lay naked on the mountainside when he was sent back, and Gwaihir the Windlord came and took him to Lorien. God, he really went to hell and back. Yeah, and the eagle takes him to see Galadriel, and... She gives him messages to give to the company. Oh, his yeah, first, read him, read him. His first message is to Aragorn. Where now are the Dunedine? Elessar, Elessar, why do thy kinsfolk wander afar? Near is the hour when the lost should come forth and the gray company ride from the north. But dark is the path appointed for thee. The dead watch the road that leads to the sea. To Legolas she sent this word. Legless green leaf long under tree, and that enjoy thou hast lived, beware of the sea. If thou hearest the cry of the gull on the shore, thy heart shall then rest in the forest no more. And then Gimli gets bent out of shape because it seems <laughs> that she didn't send him any message. And Legolas He's is like, like well, be glad. My favorite, like, celebrity didn't have a message for me. I like the idea that Legolas is kind of, like, jealous and he's like dark yeah. are her words and little do they mean those that receive them that is no comfort what then would you have her speak openly to you of your death yes if she had not else to say <laughs> Gimli is simping hard for Galadriel I don't blame him <laughs> and Gandalf goes oh your pardon Gimli I was pondering the messages once again but indeed she sent words to you neither dark nor sad to Gimli son of Gloin Give this lady's greeting, lock-bearer, wherever thou goest, my thought goes with thee, but have a care to lay thine axe to the right tree. And Gimli, I love Gimli's, uh, in happy hour you've returned to us, Gandalf. And capering, he sang loudly in the strange dwarf tongue, 
Come, come, he shouted, swinging his axe. Since Gandalf's head is now sacred, let us find one that is right to cleave. It's so cute. No time to waste now. He's good. Mm. We're good. Let's go chop some heads. And they also go, Ugh. I can't believe we have to walk all the way to Edoras. It's like we are tired walk? of walking. We have what do you mean so walk? It's horse time. <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, he whistles, and then they hear uh, horse hooves in the distance. And they, this is when we first actually get to see Shadowfax. Mm. He is the chief of the Mayaras, lords of horses, and not even Theoden, king of Rohan, has ever looked on a better. Does he not shine like silver and run as smooth? Oh my god, he is a Tesla. Does he not shine <laughs> like silver and run as smoothly as a swift stream? He has come for me, the horse of the white rider. We are going to battle together. And I'm just imagining that as a vanity license plate. It says Shadow Facts on a Tesla. Mm-hmm. And the two horses that come with are the horses that got scared off by Saruman. Uh, because when they neighed in the distance, it wasn't a fear. It was because they found Shadowfax, their king. Uh, that whole riddle in the beginning? Here's the answer. Yeah. They weren't scared. They were pleased. Oh, that's exactly actually what Lego yeah. said. Now I understand yeah. a part of last night's riddle. <laughs> you are just so elven, Tori. You're able to predict <laughs> what an elf is going to say later. It was just me. I'm Legolas. They start riding off across Rohan. Low upon the edge of sight, shoulders of the mountains glinted red upon either side. A smoke seemed to rise up and darken the sun's disk to the hue of blood, as if it had kindled the grass as it passed down under the rim of earth. There lies the gap of Rohan, said Gandalf. It is now almost due west of us. That way lies Isengard. I see a great smoke, said Legolas. What may that be? Battle and war, said Gandalf. Ride on! Towards the battle and war. Battle and war. Let's get going. Gandalf Fuck. joins the party. Woo! Do Gandalf joins the party again? <laughs> Gandalf the White joins the party. It's um, it, it's it's uh, when that one person in the D and D group can't make it for several sessions, and they're like, uh, just kill my character for a bit, and then they realize work lightens up, so they're like, oh, I can join again. And they're like, just bring me back from the dead. So explain that a little bit. He was Gandalf the Grey. Yes. Kind of dies and comes back white. What is this transformation? We, I feel like we might have talked a little bit of the different colors and what they mean. Yes. So and the, the color does not necessarily mean much, except for simply the fact that the color white was given to Saruman, who was basically the de facto leader of the Astari, of the wizards. So that it's just mostly for a part of it it is Gandalf assuming the mantle of leadership that Saruman should have had like maintained mm. but didn't because of his 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 fall to the ring's desire. Um and he he dies on the mountain after slaying the Balrog because he and the Balrog are the same kind of person actually. They are both Maiar they are both mm. these lesser Ainur. Gandalf dies. His consciousness returns to the West, basically. But his task is not yet complete. So the Valar in the West grant him even more power and send him back as Gandalf the White. 
Okay. So that he can better complete his task. And he kind of lost his memories. Yeah, some I think, of them. I think dying certainly blurry. does stuff to you. Uh, <laughs> we wouldn't know, but yeah. So he he is just kind of catching. He's he is catching up again, basically. And then is Saruman like has a Technicolor dream coat? Did I make that up? No, yeah, he does. Uh, he's a rainbow. He's a rainbow right now. When yeah, when Gandalf uh, goes to meet with Saruman, his, like when you first look at it, his robe looks white. But the more you look at it, it almost is like an oil slick in the ground. How mm. depending on how you look at it, the colors change and like melt. And Saruman declares that he's now Saruman of many colors, mm. because he's like white can be overwritten. Like white is a is a beginning, but it is not a a, a good ending. Interesting. Way to be all wizardly poetic. Yeah, he has a whole monologue of like the white light can be broken, the white page can be overwritten, and then Gandalf goes, in which case it's no longer white. <laughs> like, I just wanted to be gay. He just wanted just... a pretty little jacket. I, I wanted, wanted to, to be gay and evil. Yeah. Um, I can't just say that. I have to give a poetic reason why I want to be gay. <laughs> I gotta be cool when I do out. it. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's basically the whole color thing with Gandalf being sent back. He is now assem- assuming the official leadership of mm-hmm. the Astari and the defense of Middle-earth. The Astari. Cool. Good to have him back. Yeah, we got I him back. him. This was like the catch-up episode where it's like, hey, have you been wondering what's been happening here? Here Here's we go. what you missed on Glee. Yeah, and, and we get... I, I, I you always love when like Gandalf is talking because he seems to have a lot more of the gift of gab when he comes back as the mm. but then again he also like stares out into space sometimes it's like oh shit sorry I was I was thinking he's he's just the old wise uh grandpa leader yep pros and cons so yeah that is uh that is what happened. It's, it's the White Rider. It's not like a short chapter, but when we talk about things that happened, it is fairly short. Like, a lot of it it's is not catch up. Much just yeah, recap and yeah, a surprise Gandalf again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, next time we will we'll actually get to the capital of Rohan, Edoras. I think we first Ooh. meet Eowyn in the next chapter, Ew. or at least see her. Um, wow! I said I wanted a warrior woman and. Here you go. Just had to hold on a chapter. And I do love once we start getting into Rohan, because I, I love Rohan. There's something about Rohan that I'm just like, Ooh, that's fun. Uh, it's not really much else to tell. Join yeah. our Patreon, guys. Over yes. at okay. patreon.com slash Silly Marillion. The Silly Marillion. Is it The Silly Marillion or the just Silly Marillion? Yeah. The Silly Marillion. I was for, I, every episode I ask How you and I'm are like, on? cool, I won't remember that. Um, <laughs> or follow us on Twitter at Silly Marillions. There, there you we go. go. Uh, or on Instagram, Silly Marillion. Uh, silly Marillions plural. I think our socials had to be but plural. I think if you someone just took search, the singular. I think if you just search for Silly Marillion, we are like one of the first things. Yeah, we're there. Come yeah. hang with us. Such cool, we're cool, you know. <laughs> if you're listening to us, you must think we're something. You must think we're pretty neat. 
or uh, entertaining at the very least. Yes. <laughs> special thanks to uh, the people who helped make this happen. First off, our patrons. Special thanks yeah, to patrons. you guys. We really appreciate y'all. Special thanks to Wool. Also very appreciated Ooh. for their lovely art featured on the cover of our podcast. And as always, special thanks to Jack Hook for producing the music for our intro and outro music. And that we'll just see you next time. Thanks for listening to our shit, guys. Thanks for listening to our shit. Da-da-da. Da-da-da.